0: resurrection thank you for the life that he's given us in the midst of the suffering he's there with us and giving us hope and meaning for our life lord we pray that um, you reveal that meaning to us you'll help us to live meaningful lives thank you for this church and for the encouragement and for the blessing for the challenges that we bring each other and uh yeah, for the meaning that we have just to, to live our lives in order to share and to give and to build up one another. We thank you for that. Thank you for Nick and for the word that he just shared with us and the reminder that is, we have meaning and purpose in our life. Thank you for my wife, Linda, over there. And Lord, just she's a fantastic woman. So blessed to have her as a pianist and a wife. Amen. <laughs> Well, yesterday was a little bit, I was a little bit pent up, like had a few things going on. I wanted to release some cobwebs from the the motorbike and um, someone got left in the dust and the exhaust and and it was, she's right, I should have slowed down a bit. The road was wet and it was dangerous and I was nowhere to be seen. Catch up. We had a moment, but we're over it now. And <laughs> I'm not sure if we are or not. I'm sure this afternoon we'll work it out fully. Don't worry about it. Um, Adam sent us this app, this um, this clip in a uh, uh, mes- messenger, messenger, and it was him um, crying his eyes out, and it was like, oh, what is going on? And the guy was um, talking about it and he was at work and he'd lost, he'd uh, broken a bale of hay or something like that and, and we're like, what is going on? It was, it was weird. <laughs> and we couldn't work it out. And then someone said, there's an app that you can get. It's a filter that when you're laughing is really thing, it turns your laughter into tears. And it's, yeah, it's um, weird. But, and I've seen it. People do it. You can laugh at it and it, it dead set looks like you're crying. I don't know. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a weird thing to do. But what we were seeing was Adam. There was, it was no doubt it was Adam. Uh, you could see him clearly. But what he was doing was not what he was actually, what it looked like he was doing. His face had been distorted, and the image that was coming through had been distorted. And today we're looking at how um, our enemy changes or distorts the world, and w- what we see is not what it was meant to be. And so, the, the topic today is that we're involved in the restoration of the kingdom by challenging the distortions of the world. That's our topic. That's what we have to think about. And have a think about some of the distortions that um, what we see is not always what is true. And we're involved in this spiritual kingdom. And it's, uh, it's going to take a bit to um, get our heads around. And so I wanted to go back at the beginning and see this pattern. Is this true or not? So when God spoke the world into being, he stood back and he said, mm, very good. I'm happy with that. And then this vengeful angel, I mean, he spoke to man and woman. And the very first words that he said was, what did God really say? Did God really say that? What a great question. Then you have to think, well, yeah, he did say that. Did God really say you must not eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? He distorted the words just by a little bit. Eve said, of course, we're allowed to eat the trees Eat the fruit from the trees. It's just the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat, or we will die. Satan said, you won't die. Exaggeration. You know, which was true. They didn't die physically. They ate it. Hmm. What was false was that they died spiritually. He didn't tell them that. See, his... Deception or distortion is close to the truth. It still looks and feels like this is God speaking. And it's similar, but it's distorted. It's close to the truth, but it's not the truth. And his agenda since then has not changed. Satan's agenda, the purpose of his deception is still seeking to destroy God's creation, including us, and separate us from God. He's still distorting the truth of the word of God. And so today we're going to examine some of those challenges and Sorry, examine some of those lies And challenge some of the distortions that um, are in the world today In order to bring truth and kingdom restoration to earth Someone's got to challenge these distortions, right? And if it's not the church, then who will it be? We have a role to play That is not true That's wrong. You're seeing the world through a different filter. So, and then we're going to quickly look at the cue that Jesus took in terms of how did Jesus respond to Satan? How did Jesus respond? And I think you know the answer to that. What would be the number one distortion if you were to think, you know, what's the top ten distortions of, of Satan in the world? What would be the number one distortion that you would think? Jesus is... Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. God is not true? Yep. Yeah. Massive one. You would think pardon? it's all about It's all about you? Yep, yeah, there's lots, isn't there? The number one distortion, this is very, very tricky. He's a very tricky guy. The number one, what do you think? That he's not real. Top of the class. See he's he's a he's a budding theologian, he's on his way. Took him a few moments to process, but <laughs> doesn't tell us that God's not... Was it on the slide? No. no. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd think that Satan... Go, no, no, God's not true, everyone. Just total opposite of what is true. But he's not that dumb. He's smarter than that. He just... He says... Um, and this is a line off, that, off this movie... Uh, which is where I get most of my theology from. (laughs) Not true. And the Usual Suspects. It's actually written from a book or a tale written in 1864 called The Generous Gambler. And uh, this guy wrote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. The Barna Group recently conducted a survey on spiritual beliefs and attitudes, and they found that 78%, almost 80% of Christians... Who described themselves as Christians believed in an all-powerful God. Yep, God, God's true. He exists. He's all-powerful. Which is a bit weird because you'd think if you called yourself Christian, you would say it would be 100%. Anyway, so 80% said, "Yep, God is fully, fully God," um, and 70% did not believe in a real personal evil force of Satan or some force of evil the devil almost 69% 70% didn't believe in truth and 8% weren't sure so if you add the 8% to the 70 you almost got 80% of people who don't believe in Satan and yet 80% believe in God they don't believe in Satan or the devil so about the same number of people who call themselves Christians believe in God Don't believe in Satan. It's not just a a line out of a movie. His tricks working. Satan's not true. How does that impact us? Because that's massive. I think, and I hear this. You know, it's this line of um, God is good. As Christians, we believe God is good. Uh, He's the Creator. He's he's, um, he would never do anything evil. So how could he send someone to hell? And if God's good, then why would he even create someone like Satan who is an evil person? How does that impact us? Well, for me, I was thinking about it. The danger for Christians is that we leave ourselves wide open to attack. It would be like walking into a battlefield, front line, and expecting not to be shot. Hey everyone, I'm here, <laughs> running in, and uh, I'm invincible. That's that line off uh, Roy, off uh, Shanghai Nights. He didn't think he could be shot. He, was, he had bullet holes all the way around him and he thought he was invincible. Have you seen it? No one's seen Shanghai Nights. Thank you, brother. No. See your hand. <laughs> My goodness, please do yourself a favour. Um, You just won't get any of my humour if you don't get that. It's it's a funny, funny show. Anyway, back to the point. At some point you'll get shot. You can't run around a battle and expect not to be shot at or wounded in some way. That's just crazy thinking. We have to have the battle armour on. The other lie that's similar to that first one that Satan doesn't exist is that I think Bev said that he's not that bad a guy really Satan is is misunderstood you know he's um, actually wanting to give us freedom in life and, and free us from all the religious rules and you know there's so, many, so much stuff that we do's and don'ts and Satan wants to give us freedom to have fun and and I, I've heard this just recently that you know if you end up in hell that's okay, you'll be there with all your mates and you'll be drinking down the pub and a great time together and sharing stories. Uh, Well, that's not what the Bible says. And so this is the way that Satan deceives us. I mean, look at the very first time he appeared to Adam and Eve. He was disguised as this friendly advice-giving counsellor type python. He was really just seeking what was best for Adam and Eve, telling them that God's holding out on you guys. You know, you're not fully living to your potential. If you've done this, then, you know, maybe life would be better for you. You'd be, you'd be even like God. You would have wisdom and knowledge that you don't currently have. He was an advice-giving type person. He didn't introduce himself by saying, Hi Adam and Eve, it's, uh, you're, you know, my name's Satan, your local personal force of evil. I'm here to tempt you and destroy your relationship with God and eventually kill you personally. I want to separate you from God forever. That's the truth. But he didn't say that. He was distorting the truth. So Paul says to the church at Corinth that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He's not the angel of light. He is disguised as the angel of light. He's dressed up like the angel of light. It's no wonder people are tricked and and we see the the distortion. Uh, There's a show on TV just recently that we were watching and it's um, this beautiful, you know, Satan was depicted as this, you must wonder what we're watching. It's a DC comic type thing and... Anyway, she, she's this lovely, beautiful person dressed in white. And I thought, yep, there you go. They're trying to fool us as well and people watching TV. This is who Satan is like. That's not true. If he turned up into the garden dressed as we sort of would think he'd be like, they would have ran a million miles and we would too. C.S. Lewis, this great theologian and storyteller, uh, he, he describes this. He says, There are two equal and opposite errors into which the human race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve their, in their existence and the other is to believe and to feel one feel an excessively and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail the materialist and the magician with the same delight. So if we can accept that Satan is real and that he's trying to destroy our relationship with God, then the third thing that we must be aware of is that he's a liar. If we know that he's true, then what's he up to? The third thing he's trying to do is tell us lies. John says... John 44. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he lies, he's consistent with his character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. A father of lies. And he's still whispering in our ears and minds. And so this is why Paul is saying, you've got to guard your hearts and your minds. Is whispering in our ears. It's as—it's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual being. And so this is a psychological fight and spiritual speaking to us. I think we're crazy at times because we're thinking things that aren't true. We know are not true, but yet we believe them. So it's psychological. It's like playing chess. It's not physical, it's one move after the next he makes a move, you can it and it's not one in one move you can't win in one move, some people can but they're super smart chess, for, it's a lifelong this, we're playing a lifelong game here, don't think you can you know, tell Satan to go away and, and then he'll leave you alone oh yeah you're right, I shouldn't do that sorry, my bad he's not, not going to do that He's going to counteract a move that you make and then next time you will do something else and it's lifelong. And so we have to learn how to fight psychological warfare and spiritual warfare. Did God really say that you are a child of God? Come on, that's... He says to you, child of God. You and I both know that God doesn't love you that much not like a father loves you know a parent loves a child god doesn't love you that much john one one john chapter three see how much our father loves us he calls us his children and that is what we are jesus when he was tempted by satan he quoted scripture didn't engage in conversation just went this is the word of god this is what's true And these are the verses that we need to bring to mind. Put on the belt of truth. Guard yourself with the belt of truth. We are children of God. We have purpose, we have value. We're in his family and we always will be. He will tell you the opposite. Did God really say that your sins are forgiven? Come on, be honest with yourself. You know that your sin is pretty bad, you know. God can't forgive all your sins because there's some sins that you've hidden and not everyone knows about. And you know, God knows what's going. You know, you know what's going on. God doesn't forgive those sorts of sins. Yes, He does. God forgives sin. Romans five. Therefore, since we've been made right, we have been made right. We have been made right with God in God's sight by faith, spiritual faith. Not by deeds, not by actions, by faith. We have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Done. Not doing, not going to do what he's done. It's finished. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Okay, Satan says, but if you really believe God loves you, then why does he allow hardship and suffering into your life? You must have done something bad. You must have done something bad because God's punishing you for your sin. Mm -hmm. Romans chapter 5 verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are helping us develop Endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strength strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Satan says, your life has no meaning, no purpose, no value. God has no plan for your life. He's just winging it. You're lost. You're just wasting your life. Not true. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, that we know that God causes everything, good and bad, checkmate, good and bad to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. I love this. I think that the idea of a checker checker game is not too bad. In that God already knows the moves that you're going. he's going to make. And so you move and he's like, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. I'm going to take that move, turn it for my glory. counteract it. I've made mistakes in my life and I was like, wow, look how God used that. I didn't see that coming. And Satan would be the same. He'd be just like blood drained from his face if he had blood. That's not true. Spiritual being. And we could go on and on with the lies. The main thing is that you recognise that Satan is real. You have someone who's trying to destroy your relationship with God and your relationship with each other. And he makes life difficult, Boris, with relationships with... And you start thinking, oh, my life. Someone is behind all of these issues. I can't, didn't write the verse down, but... Uh, I'm going to come back to this one. Tim's going to speak on this next week. Satan is scheming. What's that word? He has, yeah, that's First Peter somewhere. He's got this idea, he's got an agenda, and he's setting a plan, a plot against us. That's what he's trying to do, and he's trying to bring us unstuck. So behind all the problems there's someone going, yeah, whispering in our ears. We have to be aware of that, and it does no good to just ignore it and blah, 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 I'm not listening. That, do- that doesn't work. Quote scripture. That's what Jesus did. Paul says, put on his belt of truth. And uh, we're going to have a quick look at that maybe down the track because there's so many other parts of the armour. Guarding your heart, I mentioned. How do you guard your heart? Righteousness. Living righteously. Oh, I need to think more about that, which we'll do. Tim's going to continue this uh, idea of challenging distortions next week uh, because, as I've just touched on, there's a few things to get our heads around. if you're aware of it, then you can counteract it, right? Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it brings light to our life and it gives us hope that... Uh, we know the end result and uh, there's lots of things that go wrong in our life and we are constantly uh, doubting ourselves, doubting our faith, doubting you and we pray that we will trust you in all things, that we will lean into you for our hope, for our salvation, for our purpose and meaning in life, for our guidance and for our protection. And uh, we pray that these lies won't become part of our thinking, part of our life and action, that we will reject them and live according to who you've called us to be, and that as a result, our life will start to uh, reverse these distortions in in people who've believed them. And we pray for the the kids in this school that um, are constantly hearing voices in their heads from other people and and from Satan about you and this. And uh, there's many people we know who just have, have bought into the lie that Satan's not real and that life is all good. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'll bring give us opportunity this week to share the truth of who you are and to challenge those distortions. We ask for your help as we do this in Jesus name. Amen.